This is episode 8 of Everyday Wellness, Simple Roots to Take Control of Your Health with Alexa Sharm. I'm Dr. Kelly Donahue, clinical health psychologist, here with my co-host, Cynthia Thurlow, nurse practitioner and functional nutritionist. Let's get started. Welcome to Everyday Wellness. Wellness is the result of the decisions that you make every day. It's your mindset and the thoughts you believe. Wellness is the food you put in your body and the relationship you have with yourself and others. Wellness is your work and meaning. Join us on Everyday Wellness as we explore ways that you can choose wellness today. We have a real treat today. We have Alexa Sherm from Simple Roots Wellness. I have been following her on social media for several years, and she always provides amazing content. Um, and I'm just delighted that she's here with us today. So thank you, Alexa, so much for coming on. I want to give everyone a little bit about your background, but I want to make sure that you have a warm welcome from Kelly and I. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. So one of the quotes from your website that we both loved and really resonated with us is that um, I'm all about making things simple so you can make realistic changes quickly. And and I think for so many of us that are in the, you know, health and wellness sphere, um, you know, I always say keep it simple, stupid, but you know, that mindset is so, so important. And so it's kind of the cornerstone of everything about your brand and, and you know, everything that your brand kind of embodies. But I love that you're a mom of three, um, you know, for Kelly and I, who have three children between the two of us combined, um, I always love seeing how other parents um, help kind of navigate being successful entrepreneurs and, and parents and everything else. But I love that you grew up on a farm. So everything about your background is connected to the earth and to, to nature and to food and, and looking at food as, as, you know, something that's so whole about, um, you know, maintaining our health. But you have a background, uh, you have a bachelor's degree in uh, dietetics. Um, at some point, you actually had a fitness studio, which I love. Um, and I love that you're still very physically active. Um, but what I, I most appreciate is that you like to keep your message um, non-complex and not overwhelming and just keeping it as simple and concise as possible, which I think helps to reach a larger audience. Um, so welcome and thank you so much for coming on board today. I know you have a very, very busy schedule, a very busy <laughs> family life, um, but we love that you came on today to speak yeah, to our, our listeners. Yeah, I love it too. I mean, I love to connect with people, so this is a lot of fun. So why don't you just kind of start at the beginning and tell us a little bit more about your background and how you became interested in health and wellness. Yeah, well, I mean, like we are talking about, I grew up on a farm, so I'm from rural Iowa, you know, a pretty small town. And um, I, I think it was in high school. I mean, it was in high school when I really started to get an interest in health. I think my whole life, I kind of always thought, you know, like when people ask you what you wanted to do, and I was always fascinated by the human body and I wanted to be a doctor and a vet. And, you know, I kind of flip flop back and forth between that. Well, when I went to college, I started studying um, biology, but to back up, I guess, when I was in high school, um, I was physically fit. I had undergone a few surgeries, though. Um, I kind of have like this random joint disorder. I've actually never really talked about it at my blog because I don't really remember it as much as I did then. But I would dislocate my joints a lot, and so I've had a few surgeries on like my shoulders that would just dislocate during the 
night when I was sleeping. And so I had gone through these surgeries and I was very active before. Well, during the process of this year when I had multiple surgeries, of course I didn't, you know, I wasn't as physically fit and I did gain weight and it was really hard. Well, in that time, I also was eating like a high schooler thinking I was pretty indestructible and <laughs> that it didn't really matter. Well, it caught up to me and I, I got acid reflux. I actually got a case of GERD and I had a doctor, which is fascinating now to look back on this and think what a holistic doctor at that time was. But she looked at me and she told me, you have acid reflux. This is totally controllable by your diet. I'm going to give you one round of medication for this. And if you come back and you still have it, like you're going to have to find a new doctor. And she was just very blunt with me. And it really woke me up to one, I thought I was supposed to go to the doctor to get what I want to fix my problems. Two, like now she's telling me like this is my, my kind of in my control and she's not going to help me if I'm not going to take control. Of course, she was very graceful about the way she said it, but it was just the fact of I'm not going to prescribe this anymore. I don't think it's good for you. And I think that you can make really positive changes. You just have to choose to do that. Um, and so I kind of awoken to the fact that I did have control over what I put in my body and that what I put in my body really had a big impact. So I didn't, you know, I, I fixed my diet. I didn't go back on that prescription medication. I kept her as my doctor. It was all those things. But it was also like in the early 2000s, right? And everyone was still kind of on this diet rush or coming off the 90s where we have this low fat craze and everyone's kind of confused, I feel like. And I saw that in so many people that were in my family, like my mom was a massive yo-yo dieter and, and, and I just watched people kind of go through this. Well, then I went to college and I started studying biology thinking I was going to go to pre-med, but I um, learned about the degree of nutrition and I just instantly, like it just gravitated towards that. But at college, I mean, it was a very traditional approach to nutrition. It was very, quote unquote, food pyramid based. Not to say that that's completely wrong, but it was very, it was very static. And it just didn't make sense to me. So yes, I graduated with a degree in dietetics, but I just felt like I was too much of a rebel to really follow the rules of what they wanted me to follow. Um, so I kind of left, I, I guess I left college excited about the possibilities of nutrition but also very confused because i i just wasn't making sense of it all like having professors who were standing up teaching me about nutrition and drinking diet pops and you know telling me that artificial sweeteners aren't bad for you in fact they're really good for you but what i was learning on my own was that they were really bad so i had a lot of conflicting information from what i was learning on my own to what i was being taught in school and i just like went through this massive period of what i say confusion but in the sense that i need to learn more before i actually start to do this so that's where i started the fitness um studio because when you don't know what you what to do is what I always say when you don't know what to do you just create your own job right like mm -hmm. when you're not hireable you have to find some way so I started a fitness studio and while I loved fitness and I um I have a passion for it I knew that that wasn't my end goal and so um I did I had a fitness studio for I think five or six years and in that time I started nutrition classes and I was really starting to understand how weight loss occurred and how the health occurred and what fitness did, but also in that time, kind of getting a picture from my clients, what they were eating and what was working and what wasn't working. And so I kind of, I kind of did my own experiment in that process of really starting to uncover what it is that I really could stand on and health and 
funny enough, it kind of all goes back to the basics. And that's why I said, like, this is realistic health and like to break it down into simple terms, because one thing that I've learned so much throughout, I think, all of this journey is that we make nutrition so complex and I see so many people live for it. Even at the gym, I would see people doing multiple workouts a day and like living for an image. And, and I just really believe that health was not something that we are supposed to live for, but we're supposed to use it to live for something more. And so I think if we break it down simply um, and we can use it as a means to living for something greater and it's not this trap and this chain to your life, I think that there's a lot of power and freedom in that. And I, I really believe that people see the greatest change when they live for something else besides their health. I think that's wonderful. I, you know, just to backtrack, I love that you had a physician that really challenged you to take care, take command right. of your health. Because I find as a nurse practitioner, you know, in the last 20 years, as medicine has kind of evolved, it's very pill focused, symptom pill fix. And so the fact that she, he or she kind of challenged you and said, I'm not going to continue to give you this pill, you need to do the work. And mm-hmm. so I, I wish more healthcare providers did that. But what a kind of powerful impetus that was for you to kind of look more internally. And I love that you're kind of a rebel that <laughs> and I use the term rebel loosely, meaning, you know, you're right. questioning things mm-hmm. up front, which mm-hmm. I, I think is, you know, so many of us sometimes can be passive conduits to our education. And, and the fact that you you know, um, permitted yourself the opportunity to think outside the box. I mean, it took me a little longer to start thinking that way, um, myself personally and professionally, but I think it's wonderful that you thought outside the conventional kind of wisdom that was going on about nutrition. I know, um, as a nurse practitioner, I was always referring my patients to local um, registered dietitians. And sometimes the dietitians thought more akin to our kind of mindset. Um, And then some were very traditional. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I would have my diabetic patients come back and they would have, um, you know, a a meal plan prescribed for them. And it would be like five bananas a day. And I was like, you realize you're a diabetic and you have a sugar problem. I was like, what's going on here? Um, But that's fantastic. I, I love, I mean, I just, I love your enthusiasm and the fact that you, again, are kind of thinking outside that conventional wisdom. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Well, it seems like you really took it upon yourself to find out what else was out there, not just what your diet soda drinking professors were saying. I'm wondering at this time in space when there was really maybe not as much of this type of information accessible, how did you cultivate that learning for yourself? What what were your resources that helped you to see that there was a different way? Uh, Okay, well, it's it's funny that you know, at the time I didn't do a ton of research online and that seems to be the place where everyone does the research because I didn't really know what to believe online either. And so, like I said, I spent a lot of time asking my clients questions just at the gym. You know, it wasn't even, we were there for nutrition, but I would just, just, I don't know, just nonchalantly kind of ask them about their life and what they were eating. And I would do little fitness challenges. So I think part of it was like my own experimentation to see with my own eyes and to experiment with my own life, what was working. But on the other hand, I I really started to get this network of people in my community. I mean, well, in Eastern Iowa, let's say that because my community is pretty small, but in Eastern Iowa that I really looked up to and I knew had more of that holistic view. So there was my doctor that I stayed in touch with um, and she had held some classes that I went to and there was another chiropractor who was very into the whole body approach to life. And there was a physical therapist who also taught me a lot about it. Um, and just one of the most common concerns I see in perimenopause and menopause 
is hair loss, hair breakage, hair shedding. And knowing that over 80 million Americans are impacted by this is both reassuring, but it's wonderful to know that there are products available that can help with these symptoms. Divi is good for those with hair shedding or thinning due to stress in perimenopause or menopause. They can be helpful for addressing dry scalp. And have you wanted to take control of your hair health but aren't sure where to start? This is where a Divi can be hugely impactful. I love their scalp serum. And we know that the scalp serum improves the appearance of breakage, nourishes our hair follicles, and removes product and oil buildup. There are some key ingredients, including tea tree oil, which works to reduce and prevent excess oil buildup on the scalp, amino acids that help to strengthen hair, fight frizz, which is my greatest concern, and reduce breakage, and copper tripeptide 1, which is a small protein composed of the three amino acids to facilitate a clean and hydrated scalp, as well as hyaluronic acid, which is nourishing and hydrating to our scalps. As I mentioned, Divi is not just for those experiencing hair loss. I found it to be hugely helpful for scalp health and all of Divi's products, including their shampoos and conditioners, Come together to create a full daily solution that helps women nourish their hair and get to the root of scalp health. Do you want to take back control of your hair and scalp health and do it with clean, science-backed ingredients? Go to DiviOfficial.com slash Cynthia or enter Cynthia at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's D-I-V-I official.com slash Cynthia for 20% off your first order. As I mentioned, my favorite product is the scalp serum. And now that we're in the deep throes of winter weather, it is so wonderfully nourishing and moisturizing. Have you guys heard about a bioactive whole food on the market with 5,000 published research studies backing it? When my oldest son needed to go on antibiotics a few months ago, I discovered Armor colostrum and the benefits for him and his recovery from being on antibiotics have been instrumental in me now recommending this to my dairy non-sensitive patients and clients. Armor's colostrum strengthens immunity, ignites metabolism, fortifies gut health, promotes hair growth and skin radiance, and powers fitness performance and recovery. My son has mentioned to me over and over again how great his gut feels, how he has improved his digestion and gut function as well. Colostrum is a rich, exclusive source of immunoglobulins or antibodies that optimize our immune defense even during cold and flu season. And we know that mucosal barriers house over 80% of our body's immune cells, including including the antibodies IgG and SIG-A. And these immunoglobulins bind and intercept harmful particles like viruses, bacteria, and toxins, blocking them from crossing into the barriers into our bloodstream. And Armrus colostrum contains the highest levels of SIG-A and IgG to ensure your most fortified first line of protection. It's sustainably sourced, and it's important to know that you want to mix colostrum only with cold liquids or foods or dry scoop it into your mouth. This is also great for the oral microbiome. And we've worked out a special offer for my everyday wellness community where you can receive 15% off your first order. Go to try 
armra.com slash Cynthia15 or enter Cynthia15 to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A.com slash Cynthia15. You definitely want to check it out. Taught me, but also encouraged me to keep going with where I was going. And I think that's really, uh, it was very rare because I started my business in the heart of the recession or kind of at the beginning of the recession. You know, I had to go to multiple banks <laughs> to even get a loan and plead my case and beg. And I had to take someone else with me um, to back me up. You know, uh, an older man that I knew that had worked in the banking industry kind of gave me some insight and in how I could work the banks. And 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 so it was, it was not, I feel like at the time there was a lot of people pushing against me. Like, why don't you just go get your, your dietetics license? Why don't you go back to school and go work in a hospital and like, quote unquote, do what you're supposed to do. But it was kind of these three people who maybe saw something else inside of me and were encouraged by what I was doing on my own that really continued to, to press into me and teach me and, and guide me in this process. And then, of course, I started getting more into the online stuff and I read so many books, <laughs> um, you know, just a plethora of books about it. And I think it, it, it really comes down to, do I have any unique system? No. Is it a combination of a lot of other systems? Probably. But at the end of the day, I think I go back to, I just look at everyone as unique. And I think systems can be great, a foundational approach. But I think unless we like capture our uniqueness and kind of become our own detective in our own health, <laughs> I think that we're just constantly going to be seeking something because there's not a one size fits all approach. Like that's what I learned at the end of the day. There's not a one size fits all approach. But if we start listening to our own body and taking notice, just like I did, you know, in high school and starting to realize like what I put in my mouth makes a difference. What I think about makes a difference. How I exercise makes a difference. And really starting to allow ourselves to feel this, then we can start to kind of form our own lifestyle. And I, and, and I think it's there um, that I've seen the greatest change with people. But yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. I feel like I no, got it. No, it totally does. And, and it seems like you're really, you're really empowering your clients to listen to themselves and to learn from what they're hearing from themselves and then to try things out. And I think it, right. seems, like, and it seems like your approach is kind of a, a bit lighter. Like it's not all like so serious and dire, but we're just sort of, we're playing with food to try to feel the best that we can so that we can live a healthy life and a fun life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important because there are far too many people, and I'm not sure, Alexa and, and Kelly, if you have this experience, but I get some people who feel like they've tried everything and they're so serious that there's no joy left in food. Um, yeah. They look at it purely as just something they have to do. They don't derive joy from eating or preparing food. And I think, you know, um, you know, ancestrally, there was a lot of joy in connecting with uh-huh. others and preparing food, and, and that somehow has gotten lost in you know, some of the dogma that we see, you know, you know, people that feel like they have to be very regimented, like they have to eat one, and I'm just going to pick on paleo, because that's just what's in my head right this second. But they feel like if they eat paleo, they can never eat a grain of rice, and they can't have any fruit. And God forbid, they have something that was made in a factory. Um, right. And I always say, you know, it's all about what's realistic. But it, but the greater issue that I see so often is that people are really just they don't love eating anymore. And that's just it's profoundly sad. sad. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, life is supposed to be joyful. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we just give food way more power than it deserves. Like, yes, food can be used as medicine. 
But the mind, the mental power that we allow food to have over our bodies is just, it's not what it was intended for. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that we've mixed the messages up so long that, like you said, people just are miserable. And food is really supposed to be an enjoyable thing. Like, who doesn't Mm -hmm. like to go out with friends and, and just enjoy time together or, like, even... Like one of my most cherished thing memories as a child was sitting around the dinner table with my family. Like my family was very strict about having family meals, mm-hmm. and we sat around the table, and there wasn't the TV on. And and like trying, and, and now I see that how cherishing that is with my own kids, um, and just a time to open up and um, just to grow together. Like there's so there's so much growth that can happen around a table. Absolutely. And um, there's also so much joy to be had in food, but it's not the comfort kind of joys. It's not like I'm going to um, slab a bandaid on my emotions kind of comfort, right? Like it's a, it's a true like joy, happiness, which I don't even know if a lot of people have experienced that in a long time. Like mm-hmm. we've, we've created so many rules and I call them traps because they kind of are like it's a really it's a really slippery slope mm-hmm. of I know what people want to achieve but um, I think it really comes down to how can we enjoy our life more and and I've really verged off of talking I, if you, you know Cynthia you follow along on my podcast and stuff and I'm doing like a whole mindset series this summer mm-hmm. because I think that we've made our diet 90% of what we think we should be doing, but really it's a pretty small percentage. And the more we focus on diet, I feel like the more people get tripped up. And so I like, I'm coming out the approach right now of what if we change our mind? What if we change how we think about food? What if we just change how we think about life in general? Like there's so much power and gratitude and like even studying things like that. Like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're saying like gratitude is one of the most powerful healers of the body. And, but they're so simple. Like it's so almost stupid simple that they're easy to forget. Like it's almost so simple that we think it has to be so much work in order to see change, but really it doesn't. Um, And it's not supposed to be that. Um, Food is just supposed to be that. Um, Food is just meant to give us life, like energy. But that's a hard thing to break too. I understand that. I mean, I think it's it's definitely interesting because as I've evolved, you know, in my nutritionist role, now when I have women that sign on for a three or a six month package, the first thing they get from me when they sign on is a gratitude journal. And I'm like, this is the work that you need to do every single day. Take five minutes to write down th- three things that you are grateful for. And it could be, thank goodness it's not raining. We had like monsoons here in Washington, DC over the weekend. And I woke up this morning and went to the gym and it was not raining. And then it started to pour again. And I was like, what am I grateful for? That it wasn't pouring down rain when I woke up this morning. Um, But things that are that simple, and I agree with you, and I'm sure Kelly would as well, that um, we, you know, the the aspects of mindfulness and meditation and people get very spun out like, oh, it takes too much time, I can't do that. And yet it has profound impacts on our brain health and our brain chemistry and, you know, can actually change, you know, we use this term neuroplasticity, which is a whole tangential conversation, but the whole nerdy science aspects of things of how powerful it is to do that mindset work. So I love listening to your podcast, but um, especially appreciate when I was going through your most recent episodes, I was like, she's definitely like all of us are kind of evolving in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that, that you're, you're using that in your work with clients as well. 
I, I also think that's just amazing. I think that so many people could benefit from that. But I'm also curious to understand and hear the reactions that people have when they come to you and you start talking about this mindset um, piece. So if you could just talk a little bit about the most common reasons people come to seek your help and then kind of how they respond and how you talk to them about this mindset and beliefs piece. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I feel like some of them have to go through all the stages of grief <laughs> before. <laughs> like, but it is, it's like, it, you know, it, it really depends because I have like kids who will, who like this method because it's not so restrictive. I would say I'm, I'm, I'm not restrictive at all. I don't like the starvation, deprivation mindset at all. Um, now granted when we get into like allergies or things that people have to do, but I always like to think of food as in, okay, or in health, what can we add back in that's positive? Like what would you enjoy if we added back into your life? Um, so kind of looking at it in the positive aspect. And so I feel like kids do really well. It's, it's really when I get into women and men who've had a history of dieting, a, a history of trying everything and nothing's been working and really kind of at wit's end, that's when it's really, really hard because we've believed for so long that it it had to boil down to a system. It had to boil down to rules and calories and numbers and like all of that mattered. And so it really is a process of breaking that down and teaching them from a body standpoint, okay, this is really how your body works. And just because it's a number or just because it's a calorie doesn't mean that calorie is broken down the same way as another calorie. Um, and so trying to get them to grasp the full picture. And I think in health, we've done a really bad job of putting our entire body into scope and saying, okay, look at how this all works together and the intricacies of it all. And not saying, okay, it's just about your digestive system or it's just about your endocrine system. Yes, those things matter, but we have to look at that as a whole picture. And so I think when we step back, kind of zoom out on the body, like maybe we're a little too close to the body sometimes. Maybe Mm -hmm. if we zoom out, And we say, okay, this is how this works in general, right? It might be different for everyone's body, but how your mind affects how you digest food and how you absorb food and and kind of going through that process, I think it starts to click. And I'm always the method of let them ride the waves until they're ready, like just let them hang out and soak it all in until they're ready. Um, Because I really believe in my own life to being the quote unquote rebel that the more I push and the more I push, even like with three little girls, like the more you push and the more you push, it tends the more there's resistance to that. So how can we just encourage that rather than pressure that? Um, And so I think it takes a while and a different approach. And it's definitely not for everyone because not everyone's ready for this. Some people need to be stuck in the rules um, and the strategies. Like that is their MO. Um, But I think it just takes more time. It takes... It takes more homework outside of just what they're eating. Let's put it that way. More reflection and time for self and yeah. That, yeah, it's a process. Let's put it that way. And I think it's so important, you know, in, and I always reflect back on my background, you know, Western medicine, everything's very compartmentalized. You know, mm-hmm. we think about one body system at a time. And, um, you know, I think it's a really good point of thinking uh, as ourselves as a whole and not just the sum of our parts, how important that is, because um, I think we're really losing sight of what's most important if we are staying, you know, solely myopic on one body system or one issue, whether it's digestion or 
someone has food allergies or whatever it is that's going on with someone, I think that we really lose the opportunity to really enact um, profound change because we're all our own individuals and there's no, you know, the other piece of, of um, bioindividuality that's so important is recognizing that um, each one of us needs something a little bit different. I can't take the same program and apply it to five different people, much like when I practiced as a nurse practitioner, I couldn't give the same medication to five people and assume it was all have the same impact on their bodies. So um, right. I love that you, you take that into account as well. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do It's just kind of take it back to people and putting the focus back on them. And I think that's something that we can all do, you know, today is just recognize, okay, what, what have I done and how does it make me feel? Or, you know, even relationships or our mentality or our work environment or the food that we're eating. Like just put a feeling on that because when I've done the mindset research, one thing that I've learned is that we're not driven by goals. We're not driven by, um, you know, dreams and wishes and hopes. We're driven by emotion. So our body creates change based on the emotion that we place on that. And that was really eye-opening to me. I haven't really done a lot of mindset research. I've always been fascinated in it. Mm -hmm. And I've read some books here and there, but like not to teach it to other people until recently this year. And that's why we dove into that. And I, I feel like it makes so much sense when we when we start to step back and say, okay, this is why goals don't work because they're not motivating to our body. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not motivating enough. Yes, I want someone to reach their goals, but without the right motivation, without the right drive, without the right emotion behind it. Do you find yourself struggling to get a good night's sleep? If so, you may be dealing with a hidden mineral deficiency. It is not at all uncommon in perimenopause and menopause to deal with sleep challenges. And we know that one of many contributory reasons for poor sleep can be a reduction in specific minerals that help regulate sleep quality, including magnesium, which is involved in GABA, which is our body's main calming neurotransmitter. We also know that we need potassium to create melatonin. And this is a hormone that is a master antioxidant, but is also utilized to help induce sleep. We also think about things like zinc, which can balance excitatory neurotransmitters like glutamate. And if it's overactive, meaning if your glutamate levels are too high, it can prevent your brain from becoming more relaxed and inducing sleep. And lastly, selenium increases both our deep sleep and sleep duration. All these minerals matter a lot for sleep and any imbalances or deficits can have a major impact on the quality of sleep you get each night. And that's why I love Beam Minerals. They offer a full spectrum mineral supplement that gives you every essential mineral your body needs in the right doses, all in a highly absorbable liquid form. All you do is take a shot of bean minerals about an hour before bed. Don't worry, it tastes like water. And you'll replenish all of your body's minerals in about 30 seconds and give your brain what it needs for deep restorative sleep. I've been using this product over the last several months. I've really been impressed with the improvement in my sleep metrics, which I like to share on social media with my followers. And if you want a simple way to improve your sleep, head over to www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. That's www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. At some point, we've all been sold a big 
fat lie. It's called the protein misconception. So starting in the 1980s, we all believe that more protein equated to more muscle growth. And I'm here to tell you it's a big misconception. This has a great deal to do that our body can only absorb protein that's broken down into smaller building blocks called amino acids. It doesn't matter if you're consuming 30 grams of protein or 300 grams of protein. If you don't have a sufficient supply of enzymes to digest the protein, your muscles will ultimately be unable to use these as vital building blocks. That's why it's crucial you take a high-quality digestive enzyme. The one I trust and use myself is called Masszymes by Bioptimizers. Masszymes is a full-spectrum enzyme formula with more protease than any other commercially available product. With five different forms of protease. Plus, it contains all the other key enzymes you need for optimal digestion. If you're experiencing bloating, gas, or digestive distress, a contributing factor can be that your body is no longer producing as much digestive enzymes. And you can try Masszymes today risk free. They have a 365 day full money back guarantee and is the gold standard in the industry. Go to biooptimizers.com slash Cynthia. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash Cynthia and use promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off of any order. Again, that's promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off any order. Well, really never seen people achieve that. And I see that now. Like I see that with clients who haven't who haven't made progress in the past, it wasn't because of the program. It wasn't because necessarily what they were doing. It was probably because of the emotion behind it. Like there was too much baggage that they weren't willing to maybe uncover or they couldn't try and flip that to more of the positive mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, And so kind of stepping back and understanding how does your body work? How do you work as a person and using that to your advantage? I, I know it sounds crazy, but like my last podcast was on personality types and how that defines your health. And it's so like, even to say it, like it, it's so ridiculous in the health community that I even bring it up. But like when I really think about, okay, how can we use our emotions? And I was looking at my husband and myself and um, just to use him as an example, like he used to be an avid exerciser. And like when I owned the gym, he kind of just stopped with the gym. <laughs> um, and and it was just remarkable to me and and I never understood why and and he could try you know we have all the home we we kept part of the equipment to keep at our home basement and work out there and to me like I can just do that because I really value that and it makes me feel good like I know my emotion is just feeling good that's what drives me and which can be really selfish at times too so it's not always positive but um he wouldn't do it. And finally this year, we were kind of going through values and I was going through this and I was like, oh my gosh, he's a competitor. Like he likes to compete. Competing drives him. Like that gives him excitement. But just to work out, like that's just, there's no positive emotion behind that for him. Um, And so using that and knowing that, oh, he should probably sign up for a fitness class where he can compete with himself and other people, you know, to really make progress. So I think that that's a, probably a random story to get you to say that we're all different, right? Again, we're all different. We all have different strengths and weaknesses. And what if we really started to get to know those and use those for value in our life? Like meal planning, for instance. I can tell Mm -hmm. someone to meal plan all day long, but if they're not an organized, structured, maybe more of the type A personality, meal planning is pretty boring, right? Like even for me, I think this isn't necessarily exciting to me. And I don't like... 
I don't, I don't like too much like rigidity. I don't even know if that's a word, but like, I don't like too much structure in my life. Like a little, I like a little bit more freedom and flexibility. Um, and so setting a meal plan every day, like it just wasn't working for me, but I know if I have, I write down meal ideas for the week and I have that food on hand, well then I can make what I want that day and I'm not stuck to it. Um, but other people need that structure that, Mm -hmm. you know, like they need the rigid schedule. And so I think that there is value in knowing who you are as a person and how you work well and start to incorporate health based on who you are. Like make it you not trying to make health, you know, not trying to make yourself work for health, like make health work for you. I love that so much. It's, It's just so great to see that you're pulling in the idea of wanting to get to a certain emotion and how do we help people get to that that good feeling based on their own personal preferences and based on their values and i think you know something else that you might be able to speak with is or two is how these things change over time right so mm-hmm. someone may be a competitor at some point in their life but or let's say you have then you have three kids and you used to love going to the gym but now that's not an option so it, it seems like you're really focused on listening to the individual and getting them to tune into what they need Mm-hmm. Right. Have you read the book, The Four Tendencies? I have not. Okay. So one of my, um, I, 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 there's a local ABC affiliate, so I had an opportunity to meet the author. And so there's actually like an online and it's like five minutes long, but The Four Tendencies, she has kind of broken down personality types into four um, four kind of roles. And so some people are upholders. And so the upholders are going to be the type A's. That's me. Um, someone tells me to do something, I will question it if I perceive that there's something that I need clarification on. But if someone puts me on an elimination diet, I will follow it to the nail. You uh-huh. know, just whereas I have a lot of rebel clients, I have some um, other types of clients, there's four different um, tendencies. And so once my clients will take that quiz, I then can kind of zero in on how best to support them. So I think meeting them exactly where they are. You know, I years ago, I did research in the trans theoretical model of change, but it's all about some people are ready enough to hire you. They're not ready to make those changes. Some people are ready to dive in with both feet in the water. Right. And so recognizing where they are can have mm-hmm. can make a huge difference between them being successful and attaining their goals and kind of really struggling. But I love that you, you know, you also kind of embrace that mindset of meeting them where they are and supporting them how they need to be supported as opposed to a one size fits all kind of philosophy that a lot of people do do still embrace. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's when a lot of people struggle when they realize that they're jumping on the next bandwagon, the keto bandwagon or the Mm -hmm. hit workout bandwagon, and it's not working for them. And then they attribute that failure, quote unquote, failure as something personal to them. And that just sort of takes them in this downward spiral, rather than recognizing that that just might not be the thing for their body chemistry and their personality. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it it really, like I said, I think if we all start to like, kind of take a step back and look at ourselves, I think we're kind of, uh, we, we start to understand maybe why things haven't worked in the past. Um, and maybe have more excitement going forward to find out what really does work for you. Like that's my hope is that people get excited to live a healthy life. Um, where before I felt like it was like, you know, we came through a generation of that's just kind of what you did. You just kind of went on a diet and, you know, did all these crazy exercise routines and really just strive to lose weight. But I think we're entering a time where it's less about a number on the scale and more about just the health of your body Mm -hmm. and how you feel and how your mindset is. And, and I think that's exciting. 
I love one of your quotes on your website. You said, we must understand that our bodies are not calculators. Mm, I love yeah. it. Yeah, that yeah. really speaks to that for sure. Can you tell us a little bit about the different programs that you offer people so that when they come to you, they can get a feel for all of this this mindset and personalization piece? Yeah. Well, it's funny. I like to, because I'm not just strictly nutrition, although that's my degree, but I do a ton of free handouts on my website. So about every couple podcasts, I'll have a new handout on my website where you can get something for free to download because I'm all about taking action. But I think action means something individual for you. So I don't know if people like homework. It's probably not a great idea to call it that, but just like kind of like a guide to help you implement what we're talking about into your own life and to your own life and really kind of ask you the question and really dive into to help you create the change and create the right emotion. So there's tons of free handouts on my website and other programs that I have is I have a program called the five day hormonal reset and it's just a quick um, lifestyle reset to help you get your hormones back on track because I really believe that those are the communication centers of your body without the right hormonal flow. I mean, things aren't going to work well. And so getting it back on track, um, obviously there are time and a place where you need medications and testing and other things, but this is just a great quick five-day reset that whether you're having uh, intense hormonal symptoms or just things like night sweats or bad PMS or cramping or, um, you know, I've even seen women who are who struggling with infertility do it and then have a baby. I mean, it doesn't have to be difficult. It doesn't have to be... Uh, year-long program in order for you to see health like they can be quick little things that you do to just provide the space because I really believe it's about giving your body the space to do the job that it was designed to do and that just means we need to create the right environment we don't need to tell it exactly how to do it Um, and so that's what that does and then there's a little bit more in-depth program called the simple cleanse and that's a little bit longer but that really does help your body again you just I teach you how to create the right environment for your body and then it gives it the space to cleanse itself and then kind of rejuvenate itself and replenish that Um, plus it's a little bit longer so it's about four weeks and you also start to learn maybe at that point what works well for your body and what doesn't and start to kind of integrate some of those habits into your life so those are the two big programs that I have and then I also do a a, a, I co-created a planner which is, again, a crazy thing for a nutritionist to be doing. But again, I, I just look at this as an entire life thing. So it's an, it's called the Nurse Planner, and it helps you with meal planning and exercising and goal setting. And like really every month we have a challenge that really helps you to dig in deeper to who you are and learn more about you and your mindset. And um, we always say like our motto is to help you get out and live because I really believe that one of the best steps to health is getting yourself out of the health mindset and into life, like just digging yourself into life um, and letting health come along for the ride. So those are a few things that I do over there. <laughs> no, I love, like I mentioned, even before we jumped on our call, I, I think you just have invaluable content and, and I love I love seeing your, your brand kind of evolve and the message that you're sending uh, because I think it's, you know, much like the rest of us wellness warriors, I think that it's really invaluable. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, whenever we have guests come on, we always like to ask, what are two strategies you would recommend for our listeners to improve their wellness every day? Yeah, this is a great question. Well, I'm all about sleep, um, but I feel like everyone kind of says that, and that's a little bit harder, but really valuing sleep. Um, 
I think we live in a world of hustle and work harder and work longer. And I lived that life for a while and I actually really crashed my body. I developed some pretty severe health complications from that. Um, And interestingly, now that I've slowed down a little bit, I get probably more done than I did when I was quote unquote hustling. Um, And so it's not all about the hustle. I think it's just about taking care of your body and the more you take care of the body, the more you have to give to others. And so I really prioritize sleep because when you sleep, that's when you rejuvenate your body, your hormones reset. I mean, there's just so much that happens in those nighttime hours. So getting an um, um, adequate amount of sleep for your body, whatever that looks like, I don't think it has to be eight hours, but whatever that means for you and just making sure it's deep sleep. And then the second thing that's really practical, I mean, we could get into mindset things. Two is really hard. But the second thing is, Focusing on when you eat rather than what you eat. Um, I think when you eat matters more metabolically than what you eat. So what I mean by that is doing things like intermittent fasting where there's it kind of gets a bad rep. But I look at intermittent fasting as like only eating in a certain window of time. So whether that's if you're new to it, starting out with a 12 hour window. So eating all of your food within 12 hours throughout the day and then allowing full 12 hours with rest. If you're a little bit more advanced in your health, you could go to an eight or a 10 hour window and see how your body responds to that. Um, So the longer that fasting window really allows your body again to do the jobs that it can't do when food is present. And whenever food is present, we really divert a lot of our energy to digestion when we could be getting our energy or, you know, expending our energy elsewhere. So focusing on the when. So I would say intermittent fasting. If you've been doing intermittent fasting, try no snacking. Um, Try just focusing on three solid meals a day. And I think your body will respond really well to that. So those are my two practical tips. I wish I could give you like 17 more, but that's overwhelming. (laughs) Well, the the good news is that people can get more from you, right? Right. can, can Can you tell people how they can connect and learn more about what you're doing and how they can work with you? Yeah, so you can find me over at simplerootswellness.com and I have a podcast over there. You can find it on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening at Simple Roots Radio. And then you can find me on Instagram at Alexa Sherm. That gets a little more confusing. So yeah, everywhere else it's Simple Roots Wellness. So Facebook is Simple Roots Wellness, Twitter is Simple Roots Wellness. The only place that I'm Alexa Sherm is on Instagram and I do have the new IGTV channel where I release... Every weekday, I release a new short, like five-minute video on a new health tip or trend or something that you can do. So kind of fun. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I know that um, we had a little kerfuffle at the beginning with time, but I appreciate your flexibility. It's such a pleasure to have you on board. Oh, I really appreciate being here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find out more about Cynthia and her work at chtwellness.com. And you can find out more about Kelly and her work at everydaytherapist.com. In addition, if you have questions for us or topics you'd like us to address, please email us at everydaywellnesspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, be well. Just as you carefully choose the cut of meat or freshness of produce that you cook at home, you should carefully choose chemical-free cookware that provides a healthy and safe cooking experience. 
The materials in 360 cookware are safe, sustainable, and of the highest quality. Their cookware is 100% free from any toxic chemicals as the company produces quality stainless steel cookware and bakeware without added chemicals, and all are manufactured in the United States. It's also the leading manufacturer that equips kitchens with cookware and bakeware that are free of all of the toxic chemicals and coatings, including PFAS, Teflon, and ceramic. And the best thing is that when used properly, the product's construction provides nonstick properties in a product that can be passed down through generations. Go to www.360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness. 